0: This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of practical shepherding. And I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. Good to see you again. Good to see you, brother. It's good to be recording these again, and and uh, we're going to be getting right to the topic in just a moment. Before we do that, just want to remind you that you can go to our website at practicalshepherding.com. There's resources there. There's ways to reach out and contact us. We know this is a very challenging time for obviously the world, but in particular, pastors and church leaders trying to maneuver through these difficult days and so let us know if there's a way we can be a help to you Um, if the lord has been blessing you and and you would feel led to support our ministry financially you can go to the the donate page on our website and do that we are staying very busy practical shepherding has not let up because there's so many needs that have grown and we continue to be on our video calls and caring for pastors through this so uh, if you've been helped by our ministry or want to just help us to be able to support all the pastors we're trying to support now, you, that's a great way for you to be able to do that. <clears throat> for our topic today, though, Jim, we want to cater still around this I, all the things going around with COVID, COVID-19 uh, in regard to how that's affecting us as churches. Obviously, we're not meeting. Uh, this will probably be true for most of us when this is released, uh, and uh, but how to do pastoral care in this environment. Has been particularly challenging. I know that's one of the main things a lot of pastors are struggling with and trying to think through. We've all done this long enough now. We're about, what, seven or eight weeks into this lockdown for most of us. We've all had to think outside the box. We've all had to try to get creative in how we're going to do things. We want to talk about that today, and we want to talk specifically about some things. So we've, we've spoken generally about this, we're getting specific questions from people. By the way, thank you for those who wrote in asking us to talk about certain things. We're going to try to cover several in this episode of specific ways, things that we would normally be doing as pastors as part of our work that are particularly challenging to do in a normal way through this time. So we're having to, the needs have not changed, but the ability for us to be able to do what we need to do has. So we want to talk about that. Jim, will you set up just biblically a framework for us to even have this conversation?
1: Brian these these are hard things to talk about in certain ways because there's not a specific verse that you look at and say well this is the section of scripture that deals with plagues and, and pandemics, pandemics right, right. there's so no you don't have that and, and I think there's there's a need for modesty in some of this. Deuteronomy 29:29 says that the secret things belong to the Lord our God but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children that we may do them right And so you're going to look at it and say what what do we know? What We know this is what the Bible is teaching. This is what, you know, What what is God doing? What is God, quote unquote, saying to us? You know, we believe as, at least for myself, as a cessationist, God has said to us everything he needs to say to us and wants to say to us that includes anything and everything the church will go through. And so we're going to look and try to find general truths in God's word and try to apply them to the to the day and age in which we live. I think we can also say that there are things that—there there are practical matters of wisdom. Uh, there are matters of nature itself teaching us. You know, Paul said to the Corinthians uh, in, in regard to certain matters relating to gender roles. And so we're going to try just to look at and say right, we're, we're crying out to God to give us help and to give us wisdom. There's not any one specific text that we can look at. There's not one specific text uh example in the scripture that shows us exactly what we do during lockdown but we're we're crying out to God to give help and wisdom and the Bible does teach us the the benefit of having older men with experience older men older women with experience in their lives to speak truth to us and to apply God's word generally to our our situation so that's what we're really going to attempt to do here this is no um, Oracle from on high. Uh, uh, some of what we say here is not the ultimate. Uh, Thus saith the Lord on any of that, other than when we're directly quoting scripture. But so uh, that may be a, a wimp, a wimp out of that. But uh, that's kind of the general how I view this going into a, no, a topic like
0: this. No, I think I think the best way to word what we're about to do is this is as pragmatic and creative as we get. You know that, yeah. that, in the sense that we realize there are biblical principles that are clear imperatives for pastors to be able to to be to be walking in as part of their ministries. This pandemic has created uh, this environment where we have to push ourselves to get creative. What's actually going to work here to be able to fulfill our calling to the best of our ability? recognizing God's in control of all of these things in the pandemic and he knows right. that that we're we're going to try to do our our best to fulfill our calling but obviously it's going to look different to us. Right. This time. And
1: we say right our calling is the same and that's to tend the flock and to feed the flock and right. to shepherd the flock that's among you. It's just how do you do it when you're not able to see the majority of your flock or not able to have them gathered in front of you? Right. And that there are there are issues Brian that take place in the lives of God's people. Regardless of what's happening nationally or internationally, independent of this virus, there are still things going on in the lives of God's people, or there were things on the horizon that you generally did or do as a church, and you're starting to wonder, what are we going to do? What What do we do right. about... Uh, the upcoming summer programs that we had, uh, vacation Bible schools. What do we do? That about was Sunday? one of the questions. Right, right. What are we going to do, gonna, what, what gonna do so. about children's ministry? What are you yeah. going to do about Sunday school? What are you going to do about the nursery? And we're going to talk about some of this in a later podcast about kind of reopening or the beginning of of uh, what do we do uh, with this? But I, Brian, one thing I want to just encourage in regard to all these things that we're going to be talking about in today and in a couple of the other um, podcasts coming up is we we need to have a degree of humility in this. And I think we need as 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 pastors, if I can put in a little plug here, an exhortation, we need to be careful that we not speak of things we really don't know about with the certainty sure. that we have when we... Are exegeting the scriptures, there are things when we... There are passages and truths we exegete in the scriptures we ought to speak about with absolute certainty. When we give a, a political opinion with the same degree of certainty yeah. that we do, our understanding of justification by faith, we risk uh, undermining our credibility. Hmm. And and uh, so one of the things we, I think we can talk about, you know, what should our social media presence be Uh, at a time like this, should we be posting about conspiracy theories? Should we be posting about whether all of this is real and genuine or if it's all a hoax or if it's this or or it's that? Um, Should we, as pastors, perhaps modestly abstain from those things, and focus on the things that we know we're called to do, and focus on that. Uh, in that, is in promoting the truth of Scripture to God's people, rather than trying to immediately determine what's really behind everything that's going so, on right so now. So let's
0: let's start there then. All right. So we're we're how do we one think through our own social media presence? And I think for me, I mean, I I'm, you know anybody who follows me on social media knows I'm pretty much locked into one main thing. I'm not posting political things and that kind of stuff, but we have a lot of church members that are. Um, and so, how do we shepherd people through this when people's opinions and whatever isolation does to them—that you know, they they can't go out and scream it from the from the hilltops and all the people gathered together, but then get on Twitter. So, like, how do we right. past, How do we Facebook. pastor people? Who? Because I have some I have some people who who love to use social media to push political agendas and things like that.
1: So what do you what do you do because as a pastor Brian what do you do with that or do you do anything about it with the recognition that that could promote a disunity particularly in something as emotionally volatile as this current pandemic yeah because you're going to have some people that are going to say this whole thing's a hoax you you it, it was it's a it's a disaster we never should have done any of this. And others are saying, "No, this was exactly what ought to be done." You're going to have some saying, "We ought to meet on Sunday. We ought to hug each other. We ought to uh, yeah. sing all together and let all the let all the spray come out of our mouths as, as much as we want, and just trust God with it." Yeah. And others who are going to say, "No, no, no. You know, you, you're 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 unwise." And and so there's a recognition in this that uh, these things have an opportunity for the enemy of our souls. Sure. Um, in how we handle it and how members of our church are handling it. Do we just sit back quietly and passively, or do we give an exhortation that, brethren, if anything during this time, let's look to comfort each other. You don't have the historic distance to make (laughs) declarative decrees on what's really going on right now.
0: So so in regard to pastoring people who who are feeling this tension and want to use social media in that way, uh, I've been saying something consistently. Number one is, I, I will only say something to someone if I see a social media post if it really is necessary. Okay. Because that, that's one of those things you don't want to. Yeah, I, I personally don't want to get into the middle of unless mm-hmm. it's unless uh, it's going to be significantly divisive. Right. And, I, and then I will, that will step in. But there's social media posts I cringe at that I won't say anything mm-hmm. and just kind of like, yeah, I wish they wouldn't have done that. But there's others that I think if it's going to be, if this is going to be noticeably decis- uh, divisive or if i have church members who actually contact me and say yeah this was this was hurtful to me or whatever i actually have reached out to people and said look you know and tried to explain explain those kind of things the second thing i'm doing is addressing the whole church to say we need to honor everybody's opinion so don't think that everybody needs to agree with you on this this is you know we we don't know ultimately what the right thing is. that's why we're in, living in this place so I have tried to encourage just graciousness, charitable uh, attitudes towards each other when they disagree on these kinds of issues. We want to push that, anyways, right? But but I'm strong specifically through this time that strong opinions exist. I think our job is to try to make as ever, everybody as charitable about those who disagree with them as much as possible.
1: And how are you conveying that information, Brian? Are you conveying that in your Zoom meetings? Are you conveying that in an email to the congregation or letter to the congregation? How do you convey that?
0: Yeah, both. So I'm, I'm saying it in Zoom meetings when everybody's there. I'm responding in that way one-on-one when people reach out to me with strong opinions. And I'm putting it in email correspondence that we're having with people. So I think we have to keep putting it in front of people over and over again, and yeah. You know, it might be that thing that makes them maybe think t- – they're not going to change their opinion, obviously. That's not the goal. The goal is to be charitable and be thinking of others who might be offended by their social media posts. Right, and we say
1: one, you know, you've got the right to say what you think and 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 all of the rest, but do keep in mind the platform you're doing it on and, and remember that you are serving a greater master in all of this and it, perhaps to use this as an opportunity – more to encourage and to help one another than to use it to be yeah. provocative. I think is that's good, and I think so. I think pastors themselves—it's not just our folks. I think uh, there are some pastors that I know who are posting a lot of provocative stuff. I don't think it's helpful, yeah. and I just want to give that, that a word of caution and care, brother, that you are looked to as a, as a spiritual authority, and there's a great difference between when you stand behind a pulpit and say, "Thus saith the Lord." And when you sit behind your keyboard and say, thus saith Fox News or yeah. whoever it is. So, so I've got another just need one. to be careful.
0: I, I got another one for us to think about. So we've got this. That's obviously a big one, the the different opinions in our congregations and among pastors about all the decisions that are being made. How do we do marriage counseling in the midst of all of this? Marriage counseling. So we, we would normally want to have the couple come in and sit with us and or go to their home and sit down with them. We can't. Potentially do either one I mean, of them, yeah, and,
1: and even weddings, right? For right now, I so, just again,
0: hopefully we're at the end of this. But uh. I just missed a wedding, so mm-hmm. a girl, a, a young woman in our church who who moved a couple years ago, getting married. I was supposed to go do the wedding next month, and they got married on Zoom last week. <laughs> and so, and because, and their their parents who are members of our right. church couldn't even go. Like right. I remember sitting with my yeah, family living and watching. It was it was hard. I mean, it was, I'm grateful they were able to get married, right. but I missed just being a part of it. Right. So obviously, so much has changed. How do we do marriage counseling in this, Jim?
1: Yeah. I, well, I think Brian, we're we're doing it at least. Uh, well, right now, I'm not doing any marriage counseling right now, but one of my fellow elders is, and and he does a Zoom meeting every week with the couple. And the couple are separated. So I'm uh, separated by an hour and a half travel distance from where they are there. He was a seminary student. So uh, he's home. She's home. She was a school teacher here in the area. Both of them are with their folks uh, during this lockdown. But uh, so he's doing that through zoom uh, and again, doing the best we can uh, with that. Uh, It's a, it's not a great substitute, but I think something to be thankful so, for. So he is continuing to do that. They're going to be getting married in July. Okay, so they're not married yet. They're We're not, talking getting, about premarital counseling. That's pre-mar- I'm talking. sorry, premarital counseling. Okay. Marital counseling, uh, yeah, that's that's even a harder thing to do. I mean, I I, I, I did do I, – I get in trouble for this by the uh, – if I confess this, maybe. I did one face-to-face. They, they, they called and said, can we meet with you? And I didn't tell him. No, I'll zoom you. I, I said okay. So we, I think that's okay. By the way, we met in a room. And, you social and, distance, and, yeah, right? We, we kept we kept our, our distance <laughs> and all yeah. of that. But I think mean, some people are going to question what you know what social distancing really. You know what what the real standards mm-hmm. of that ought to be. But you know, that six feet is too small. Whatever you want to get into all that. But I did do that, and and I've and I've had a few times where I have met with people. That I deemed were in such a critical state emotionally, right. and that they needed, they needed to see somebody. They didn't need to see a screen. Right. Uh, this was a crisis, and and you took a risk to say, "All right, I'm going to go ahead and meet with you." Um, and, and
0: by the way, I think that's okay, Jim. I don't think that's something you. I mean, w- w- the general rule of you know that is being put out there is obviously you know. You can wear a mask, social distancing. That, I mean, that's that's the general idea. Yeah. I think it's actually wise for us as pastors to... If there's a, The reason we're bringing up marriage counseling is that um, two months of isolation with your spouse is going to stir up a bunch. I think I want to just say all pastors need to be mindful of the marriage issues that are probably going to exist this summer when yeah. right? everybody comes back together and whatever's been going on in the house. I mean, I'm saying like, I've done up pastors in churches with, with members like they need to be mindful of of any kind of uh, abuse things that come out. They need to right. be mindful of domestic violence stuff. Like, right. I'm just I'm saying that we we have to potentially get creative. In so yeah, a, a Zoom meeting with a, with a couple on or whatever it is, but we need to be prepared that these kinds of needs are going to grow and we can't just punt on them just because we can't normally meet together. But I'm with you, if, especially if it's a couple and there's three of you in the room and you can put a mask on if you want, but yeah. there may be a reason we've got to meet with somebody in person. Yeah.
1: I've had a few times and I, I haven't turned anybody down who has said, right. I need to come by, you know, or, or, and I've, again, I've had a couple of situations where I've said to somebody, well, let's go ahead and meet or, you know, come by the house. And we've had, we had a situation, we had some, uh, you know, we did, We sat out on the back porch of the house and, and talked. And, and um, again, I, I, you just have to work through how you're going to do, how you're going to deal with this. I, I think we, strictly speaking, that's going against certain, certain rules or whatnot. Um, but again, I think if you're going to, if you can do that at, if you can run into somebody at Walmart or at, lows, then I, I think you can arrange something. Uh, I, totally uh, agree. I totally agree. I had told a, a struggling family a couple of weeks ago, I said, uh, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to uh, happen to be at the park tomorrow with my family at one o'clock with a pizza. If you want to happen to have a pizza and, and go for a walk with your family at the same park at the same time, lo and behold,
0: maybe we can see each other. You're so covert about that. I, I just, I just, I, don't, I guess I'm not as careful so about go, that. I don't, oh, hey, I don't think you know. I think I want to, I, so, I, I want to honor the the you know the spirit of of the the rule that's being put. Uh, out. I do too. But and, so, and we
1: didn't we didn't grab hold of each other, and hug and talk, uh, you know, and all of the rest, but. You could lay eyes on them; they'd really been in isolation, and yeah. some are struggling with this far more than others right that's what i you think get you're going to have you're going to have some that are they're going to get very used to this kind of church life and like it i think that's a, that's another issue to deal oh, with that is interesting. Uh, you're going to have some that are they're at the breaking point right now by not meeting. They miss they miss the the gathering so much. Right. Others like like in our in our situation, you know, you, we generally start our day at nine thirty with Sunday school, but now we're not doing Sunday school right now, so you can rest. So it's an easier morning. Eleven o'clock is your first thing, and I know some are sitting down to listen to the live stream or watch the live stream with a cup of coffee and a cinnamon bun. And part of that's nice. Yeah. Uh, Now we we just started adding some elements into our live stream to make it more like a worship service, and we had been we were really just live streaming preaching, but we're trying to figure out a way that we can encourage singing in the home and doing scripture reading and prayer and some of those things. So
0: here's here's a I think a pretty close connection to the marriage council we just talked about. That's how do we care for widows and care for the sick during this time. Uh, I have found one of the things that I've missed is sitting down in widows' homes, and being able to go to the hospital and do ministry because I just love that. We can't we can't do those things now. So yeah, how do, how do we think about ministry? well? Let me
1: now? ask you about because I think those are two different things. Hospitals, you're forbidden. That's true. So one of my dear folks is in the hospital. I've had several of several things have happened. You know, so babies have been born. Yep. Surgeries have gone I on, have and yeah. one of our dear ladies is in the hospital right now, and I can't see her. Her husband can't see her. Yeah. Now if she gets out, well, I could I could go stand outside her house, or I could right. you know, we could sit on the porch and we could talk. I think I could do that. I think with you know one of our older ladies, a widower ty- widow type. Um, I could, I've done, you know. I can go get a chair and sit on the front yard, and and we can see each other and we can talk, yeah. and and I can keep some distance. I think I think that can be more creatively, be more creatively done. But people in a nursing home can't can, see them. You can't go hospital. Uh, can't people go. in a hospital right now, you can't, can't see them. Yeah. And, and some of these, you know, an eighty year old is not necessarily up to date with what FaceTime is. Well, but you know, maybe some of them are. But not everybody's going to be. You know where you can actually then talk by by that means. Uh, Some are going to be more technically savvy, but a lot, you know, but certain older people aren't going to be. So that introduces a really special uh, burden, and and among other things, Brian. Well, I'll get I'll get to this later because this is another matter: is our our use of time during this because things that normally we would be doing as part of our schedule. I'm driving here. I'm having this meeting we're not doing. Yeah. Uh, I haven't had any breakfast. I've had one breakfast meeting in in seven weeks. where before I would have had ten or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had lunch with you a couple of times as we've met yeah. and, and done this, but you know that kind of a thing. But those kinds of hours, the evening hours that were spent, and some of the hours of pastoral ministry spent, aren't being done. So that's part of the perplexity and providence and pandemic here
0: yeah. that we're that we're dealing with. Before we go to the time thing, I, I, I wanted the reason I wanted to bring up caring for the sick and widows in this conversation is I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of pastors who feel the tension we just talked about. They want to be able to, what more can I do with those who are sick and in the hospital? And that's the thing is you just can't. And I and I want us to be able to say that because I think pastors need to hear that, that there isn't any more you can do.
1: You can't feel guilty about and it. And you
0: can't feel guilty about it. You can it. be you, sad about it, but you can't you, feel guilty about it. You can call and s- call them on the phone if they're willing to talk, to them, which is what I did with a, a 91-year-old who had pneumonia and in the hospital we couldn't go see her. Yeah. Uh, talked to her on the phone. We gave her number to the church. People called her. Uh, we tried to do everything we possibly. But that's about all. That's about all you can do. As soon as she got home, I went to her house, stood in the yard and waved at her. You know, what I mean, but there's just there's nothing more we can do. So that's my encouragement to you. Do what you can. But realize, just embrace the limitations and the restrictions. There is a little bit more we can do with widows, like you talked about. I sat on the porch of a widow last week, had an hour conversation on a really pretty day. It was really nice. So we can do more of those kind of things.
1: Brian, what about, uh, have you had anybody in the church
0: lose a loved one during this time? Yeah, in fact, uh, there's a guy in our church who's 30, and his mother who... Um, his parent, he's from Nebraska and he, he touched base with us this weekend. So his his mom had a catastrophic stroke mm. and, um, and he flew out there over the weekend and she died on Sunday. And, um, just after they, he was, she was on a, a ventilator and he and his brother were able to get out there to, to see her before she died. But yeah, I've been in touch with him. They're planning a funeral now and all these things. So, but so like funeral,
1: Brian, you do a lot of funerals. Um, you haven't had to conduct one during this time, or try I, to conduct one, and, and recognize again the what's being denied. A lot of the comfort, the natural comfort that's being denied, right? Our families. Uh, I think this is how pre- do you minister to them during that time. This
0: is particularly hard because you just can't. With I mean, I haven't done a funeral, but the ones that I, the the things that are taking place with funerals now are you know they're having they're having just graveside service and maybe ten fifteen family members, yeah. And, I think that that needs to follow the guidelines that that the, that were being given by the yeah. CDC, but for me as a pastor, I'm tr- I'm making note of anybody who has to walk through that because it usually means if you're not able to go through the normal stages and steps of grief yeah. to help you grieve, you're going to have to help them do it down the road. Right. So I, I'm not in this situation yet, but if I if I had somebody who lost a close loved one, and uh, they and they're not able to walk through a normal funeral process. When all this clears up, I would probably make note of that three months from now. Right. I would probably go take them out to lunch and say, can we go to the grave? Yeah. And go with right, them. And
1: I think that's a good idea. It, it Maybe even right now, put in your calendar yeah. two months from now. Absolutely. It's a great the idea. reminder. Yep.
0: The reminder, put it on your phone to get, because you're going you're gonna to likely forget. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, but, but I think, but that's unique, right? We we have to, but as pastors, we have to recognize that that people are not able to grieve like they normally are, and they're not able to say goodbye to. I mean, my heart breaks every time I see on social media somebody who died of the virus, and family couldn't go in and be with them when they like. Just the thought of people dying right. alone, which happens all the time, but but just it's being highlighted for us it more. Right, right. And the thought of somebody because of the isolation having to to die alone in those kind of situations just you know just breaks my heart. So <clears throat> any major topic we missed uh, on as far as these categories we're thinking about? Yeah, so. I've
1: got a, several of them here. So why don't right, we why don't we pick the, or, and do you want to try to pick them up real quickly? Yeah,
0: let's just do it. Yeah, let's go ahead and finish them.
1: All right, so let's talk about Brian um churches dealing with issues like summer ministries, vacation Bible school. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, big part of the big part of the summer plans, staff something you plan for for months. It's a way to hopefully reach new families. It's an evangelistic outreach. Uh, and do you go ahead and cancel? Do you try to do that? Uh, are are you going to reschedule something like that? It's not something our church has done historically, so. Mm. Uh, Brian, you're more in that kind of a context. What, what have you have you given any counsel on anything like that?
0: So we're not in that position as much anymore. But the counsel I would give on it is, I would I would plan the best you can to still do those things this summer, especially if they're a big part of the life of your church. VBS for some churches is a really big deal. Evangelistic opportunities, ways to reach out in, to the community. I would cancel that I would still plan like you're going to do it until you hit the point where you have to cancel it. I would cancel anything that's going to be in May. That's just not but if you're looking at June and July, we don't we're too far out to know what's happening with that. But I would plan the best you can up and and cancel it at the the last minute. I think there's planning you can still do right now with your leaders and and swear you're not starting from scratch to try to plan this thing two months late. So, I, I if it's a major part of your church, I would I would hold off as long as you can, but then be wise to cancel when you need and to. And some
1: of this may depend on the size of your church totally. and the yep. size of your staff. If you're a church of 800, it's going to be different That's right. to, to try to restart something quicker than if you're a church that has uh, that maybe has 100 or, or more. That's why every church uh, has to make
0: their yeah. own decision on that, for sure.
1: Yeah. All right, Brian, a couple of things real quickly here. Uh, what about the Lord's Supper? A lot of people have been asking about that.
0: Do you do virtual Lord's Supper? No, I do not. Uh, I've, I've held the position and still will that we don't do either one of the ordinances through virtual Zoom calls because it's not the gathered church, in my opinion. Okay. So the Lord's Supper is to, and baptism is to be uh, something that we do when we gather together uh, as a church. And so... We actually had a baptism scheduled the Sunday the first Sunday that got canceled. Yeah. So we actually have a baptism ready to be done when we get together. Right. And I know people are itching to do the Lord's Supper. That could be a whole other topic, but I think as a general rule it's only when the church is gathered.
1: All right, Brian. Uh people aren't uh, people are still sinning during the pandemic. Uh, really? some of those sins might be scandalous to the point of discipline. Mhm. What does a church do when a member needs to be disciplined? Because part of discipline is things like it's going to alter their their relationship to the congregation. The relationship of the congregation is already altered. Uh, (laughs) How do you present something like that? Do you have a Zoom meeting uh, in which you say, listen, this can't wait? Or do you go ahead and say, well, you know what? We might not meet as a congregation until the middle of June. This person's been in in adultery. We just found out. Or this person's been abusing their children. We just found out. But we're not going to bring it before the congregation until
0: for six weeks, I'm I'm not in a situation like that, but I think here's how I would handle it because other things are like we we have new members we want to take in, we you know we have an an elder and a deacon we're ready to vote on and affirm, and we're waiting to do that until we can gather together at, at a members meeting and do that. I would say the same thing about discipline. I think you can walk through the first two steps of discipline from Matthew 18 now. Um, that can be done. There's there's tons of pastoral work you can do around that if there's somebody who needs to be disciplined in that way, but I would wait until the whole church is gathered before you start moving to that third step of taking it to the church to where the church ultimately would, but vote. All right, I going to ask you a couple more questions. Would you do? What, how would you handle the discipline?
1: I think I would say the same. Same thing. I mean, okay. it, it depends on really how urgent the matter is. I mean, yeah, there, there, are spies, situ- there are some there certain situations yeah. I'm looking at. I'm thinking, you know this is a situation we need to address and I think we needed to address publicly. And then this, you know, there was a situation, you know, that was in our mind and then all of this happened, you know, where it would have been probably, you know, already been been handled or dealt with. Okay. So I I agree with you on that. Um, uh, Brian, real quickly. some a few questions and I thought maybe we're just a little bit longer, but I think that's okay here Mm -hmm. in this
0: situation. Everybody's what, in what? lockdown and isolation, Jim. Right. Just and they, got, to, they got time just to listen. listen to podcasts. That's I can exactly listen to a long right. one. I've listened to some podcasts. That's right.
1: I've listened to quite a few. Uh, somebody's just started their new ministry. They were they were having their inst- they had their installation service on March fifteenth. The next Sunday was going to be their first full Sunday as, yeah. as the new pastor of First Baptist Church of. Happyville, and all of a sudden the doors are barred. And uh, what do you do? How, how, how do you help that man and his family?
0: The general rule that I've been, I've had several guys reach out that have been in similar situations. The general rule is if you are voted in, you're the actual pastor, you've already moved there, and you're there ready to start, then you do what you can to take over as pastor under these circumstances. I've encouraged guys, if if they're looking to go to a church, they're in the process, or they just got voted in, but they haven't moved yet, they haven't left their previous church, I've actually encouraged guys to stay put until things return to a little bit of normal.
1: And I think, Brian, again, some of this is going to depend on where you live. If, if you're living, Very true. if you're living in Wyoming, this is different than if you're living in New York City. Well, sure. You yeah, know, you, you, you're you're if ability, I live in New York City. I'm probably going to move quicker than I would be from Wyoming. <laughs> or but that's but, a different. Know, but your ability to get out more to feel uh, right. greater liberty, right? To actually say, you know what? Okay, we're not going to corporately meet, but I'm going to. We're going to find some situation again in the backyard or whatever. Uh, of our homes, you know, we, we can, we, we might meet face yep. to face. Brian, one, one final question here on this. Um, this has been a, the, the, the financial impact of this is affecting a lot of different people. We've got millions of people out of work. Uh, some of them are pastors. They, they have, uh, they simply can't make ends meet right now. Their, their churches are so small. They barely, they they were living paycheck to paycheck. Would you encourage a man like that? To stay at your post, would you encourage that man to get a second job? Would you encourage that man to try to get unemployment? What 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 could he do, or um, perhaps even look to denominational resources? What what might you encourage a guy who's put into a very uh, dark time providentially, financially during this pandemic?
0: I think the general rule of thumb is you do whatever you have to do to provide for your family, and, and so. Uh, if you need to go get another job to just help, I mean, try to find a job during the pandemic it's a, a challenge already. But, right. you know, but there, yeah, there are some side jobs that probably, you know, you could pick up to help. I mean, I did that the first few years of our church because the church couldn't pay me very long. And, and it wasn't and we were in the middle of a pandemic, but I just had to do that. So My,
1: my kids... Are- Tell this real I used to think you were so cool when I tell them about my friend Brian. This is back for we didn't know each other as right, well. But right. we would get together and have lunch every once in a while. And among the things, jobs you had, you were teaching martial arts was, and yeah. guitar
0: lessons. Piano and guitar, yeah. so
1: they'd always say, Is this the guy who plays guitar and can and, and does kung fu or something like that? That, so that was it. They wanted you to come over to the house both to teach and to play guitar and to hurt each other
0: and that wasn't even during a pandemic that so wasn't even during say, a pandemic but you had yes. like you,
1: you were a tennis instructor
0: yeah right? i did, did tennis too yeah so yeah, it was just so kind of tennis piano i, I kind of took all the skills i had Marshall compiled Harris. up to that point and tried to just get paid to do it
1: i tried to do a job <laughs> t- teaching people how to eat pizza but then nobody would hire no me. takers huh no, no takers. so
0: I, I would say that that you, you have to do whatever you have to do as and by the way i i, I don't think um if you if you need to go if you lose your job I certain I think it's totally fine to go get unemployment I mean it just these are these are resources that are at our some disposal. men obviously so.
1: I just I'm just thinking brothers just knowing the sensitive consciences of some men that they're going to feel guilty for abandoning their post or not doing all that they
0: maybe they so but if you can't if you if you're losing your income the church can't pay you or you lose your I mean whatever those situations are, you you've got to provide for your family. And you're responsible to try to figure out how to go and do that. So that you know, go find a side landscaping job, which you know, or whatever it is that for a few months. I think it's totally legit for a pastor to do that if there's a need.
1: All right, I said last question. This is really my last question because I want to circle back to it. Time management during yeah. this time. Our 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 general, at least my normal pattern. Is is different than it was a few months ago. I'm trying to keep it as normal as possible. I'm keeping some office hours, you know, keep my wife sane by not having me just you know at there home at, uh, at home all day, and keeping my you know. It, but it gives me a sense of normalcy to go into the office to study. Uh, you know, I, I'm not preaching as much as I was. I'm not. Uh, my travel schedule was altered. I, I had conferences. I've lost I lost two conferences, and there's possibility of at least another one being, uh, you know, teaching opportunities overseas and whatnot that I had. So those are different. Um, the counseling, general counseling, is different when you're in your home. So like, for instance, this pastor is doing premarital counseling. Normally, he would have driven somewhere and done the premarital counseling. That might have taken half an hour. Uh, to drive there half an hour back It's an hour of time that on zoom you don't have to worry about that mm-hmm. so you're not your days are not perhaps as full as they were you have some downtime there's some there's some dangers to that do you tell a guy listen you know this is a bit of a um, you know you you would never take a sabbatical god's giving you a bit of a sabbatical learn from this use that time well or do you encourage him to do all they can to fill in their 40, 50, 60 hours that normally were filled in relatively easily pre-pandemic.
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna give a quick response. I'm gonna let you respond to this kind of final word. First thing I will say that is that I'm glad you feel like you have some extra time. There's, m- most of the pastors I'm talking to are feeling like they're not ha- they don't have that extra time, though it they probably should based on what you're articulating. Because yeah, there's things that are cut down and and whatnot, but Um, but a lot of pastors are feeling more like, like they have the same amount of work to do from a pastoral care standpoint, but it takes more time for them to figure out how to do it well now. So I would say that, um, we have to, everybody's different in that way. I I would, I would encourage every pastor to consider, are you somebody who feels like you have more time on your hands and how to use that well, or are you one that feels more busy and you need to see why is that and what's going on just to be aware of, but what I hear you saying is, we need to be aware of what how we're spending our time. We're in a unique situation that has changed the way we spend our time. Um, but I'm finding I'm finding a mix. So, Jim, why don't you? Why don't you? Yeah, I, I'm just saying speak there
1: are some there there, there there's blessings and, and 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 problems associated with this. So so I'm not I mentioned I'm not preaching as much. Uh, so one of the things so our adult Sunday school is eliminated for now. I would often I would teach that. Once or twice a month, uh, Derek, one of my fellow elders would teach that two, three times a month or Charlie would teach that once a month. So some of those pastoral labors are different. I'm calling people. I I, I have a group. We, we, we broke our congregation into four units and we're, and and we switch that unit out every two weeks. But I have twenty people or so that's on that are on my twenty of the members or families that are on my thing that I can call. I do some of that once a once a week. I do a Zoom call with with as many people as who are willing to join it, and we all talk. How are we doing? What are our needs? What are our prayer requests? And we pray together. I have others that I'm I'm calling, but again, it's different to have a a phone call is different than the kind of thing where you would say to a guy, hey, let's grab breakfast, where that might last an hour, an hour and a half. But on on a phone call, it might just be a 15-minute thing. So I'm just saying those kinds of things. Driving times, um, longer meetings that you're you're not having, the leisure of meeting longer, Uh, elders meetings, as many elders meetings I'm not having. We call or we email uh, elders deacons meeting. We haven't had an elders deacons meeting in six or seven weeks. You know, uh, some of those things that took up our time. Now uh, I was given a writing assignment, so I've got something I'm, I'm working on. You for, were for, for, for That's practical right. shepherding. That's right. So there's some things like that that I, I can take extra on. But I'm just—do you tell a guy? Uh, Be—I think there's there's warning. Idle hands, the devil's workshop, uh, temptations that can come through isolation to a pastor's soul. Uh, struggles that can possibly come through, not being as busy, not being in front of people, not being with people. I think we need to recognize that. But I think, can you also say to somebody, listen, okay, this isn't going to last forever. You needed a bit of a break. You may have needed a bit of a break and enjoy. enjoy, Maybe you don't have to go in at seven o'clock or eight o'clock to the office. You can can show up at nine and it's okay. Uh, You're not you're not sinning. Would you have any counsel, any thoughts on that sort of a thing?
0: Well, I think you're, I, the thing that comes to my mind is that there may be more time initially to work with than we typically have because of the point you're making. What I'm finding a lot of pastors are struggling with is the stress level has increased because there's more conflict in the church mm. over all of this. Mm. Do we meet again? How do we do this? How do we do that and so, what I'm learning is pastors feel more stressed, even though they may have more time on their hands because the conflict and the demands for us to kind of know everything the way we're supposed to do this, and please everybody just doesn't get fulfilled. So, if that's the balance I kind of sense in this. I agree with you. I, I I've had more time. I'm with you. I'm not traveling. I I'm not preparing to preach as much. Like I, I'm I'm in that same boat, but what I'm finding is I'm having more Zoom calls than I was. And I'm I'm calling and talking to people more than I was on the phone because I can't go visit them. So but, but I'm you, finding but a way Brian, to
1: you, But not everybody's practical shepherding, you know. Not, not everybody has. you have an extra responsibility on top of the shepherding of your church. True, you you have dozens. But I'm, talking, I'm talking dozens or hundreds of pastors sometimes asking you for counsel. But, that, but I'm
0: talking about the work as a, of a pastor, even okay. like I I'm spending more time on Zoom calls with church members. Is okay. What I mean, so that was I was referring all to just church stuff. Mm. Uh, I'm on I'm calling widows more than I used to call them. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't stagger going to see them, mm-hmm. but probably wouldn't talk to them as much. Right again. So I I think so I've tried to take the time that I have and use it well with the new normal. And I think that's uh, most pastors I've talked to are are finding that making that adjustment. But I think that's the adjustment that we 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 all have to figure out uh, how to make. I agree with you uh, to be idle and to and to not use the time well is something we want to be mindful of, um, and how that might affect us. And we, again, to kind of bring this full circle, uh, we've got to be creative. We got to figure out what works ultimately yeah. during this time. But the goal is still to just be faithful yeah. pastors. So. Um, how about I take a minute and, uh, pray for those listening, by the way, th- uh, for those hanging with us, this is, we will refer to this as the Lord of the Rings episode of this <laughs> extended edition of a, a, a practice shepherding trench talk episode. This is the extended version of it. So, <laughs> so if you're still with us, God bless you. We appreciate you hanging with us in there. Hopefully it was helpful. Let me pray for you that the things we've talked about would, uh, would be helpful to you in application. Lord, thanks for the, the pastors, the church leaders, others that, are, that uh, have been listening to this, and we pray what, the things we've talked about would be helpful to them, sort through how to be creative, uh, how to figure out what's efficient, what works in these particular situation, this particular situation that we're in. But Lord, we recognize your call upon our lives hasn't changed, that we're called to be faithful shepherds of your flock. So Lord, would you help each one of us to do that? And in these coming days and weeks, give us wisdom as we continue to deal with the unique problems and issues that come up in our churches we pray in jesus name amen amen